my swimming consisted of, you know, kind of floating around, going off slides, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Pleasure swimming. Tube and a beer. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coaches Back on Couches. Love seats. Love seats. Bing <laughs> slouches. Yeah, we found we found cat. So before we get too far, this into is this, the greatest. I would like to let everyone know that my wife, at this moment in time, has no clue that I've taken the furniture from downstairs no <laughs> and moved it up here. No clue. So when she gets home today, she's going to find an empty living room uh-huh. with well one couch. Yep, Dale's got a shopping trip in his future. I'm. If I'm not in trouble, I'm broke. One or the other. <laughs> or both. So, <laughs> we've got JSD's on the couch today. We're talking to him about his experience going from basically uh, having no experience to jumping into and training for and completing a half Ironman. Mm-hmm. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it is. But first, I am Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Bryant Funston, and we are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking the Facebooks and the YouTubes at buildpeakcompete, and all up on that Instagram at bpcperformance. Nailed it. I brought the I brought the cue sheet back out. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I, I did it off memory last time. I don't know. I was, I was a little nervous with Jay here. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, we got Jay Essie's here. Um, Jay, tell everybody um, that you are not a professional athlete. <laughs> Surprisingly, let them know. The physique. Uh... No, it has nothing to do with physique. Okay. We're sporting. Uh, we've got our workwear on here. Uh, uh, you know, tell everybody like. Go through your like kind of life scenario right now. Absolutely. So uh, obviously not a pro athlete and uh, just just a typical busy guy. Uh, you know, late thirties, uh, rounding that corner toward forty, and uh, got a got a stressful, busy career. Got three kids uh, at home under eight years old, and uh, you know a, a, Don't know a, a demanding life like like that. So um, you know, there's definitely some some stressors on life yep. and yeah. uh some so you would fall under like we said in a little intro time crunched athlete right absolutely me. that's that's kind of nailed it on the head and it's uh it's one of those things that with the training and with these goals that, that we set with the training it kind of helps me with the other areas of my life being a better you know father sure. or husband uh taking some of the stress off the other things absolutely so like did you like grow up playing sports like, yeah, so I grew up, you know, all from always been an athlete for the most point, uh, you know, through high school, through sport athlete, athlete, none of which were swimming. So, you know, wrestled, ran track and played football okay. and uh, went familiar. on to college to play football. And uh, so, you know, not much experience. Then after uh, after college, kind of like like typical, got into life, got married, got uh, got a little fat. <laughs> and looked at myself, you know, five, six years ago and said, hey, something's got to change. Yeah. So um, that's when I started running. And, uh, you know, I've, I've ran 
ran so, several marathons, things such as that. When you were doing track growing up, what what were your events? Sprints. So okay. kind of 100, 200, 400, mm-hmm. yep. relays, that kind of stuff. It falls in line. It's like every every kid that grew up playing football, football mm-hmm. coach, like, you're going to run track. Yeah. And like, you're going you're gonna to do the, <laughs> the 100. Exactly. Yeah. Like we don't want you doing anything over the 800. Yeah, 800's max. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that was a no-no in, yeah, no. in high school for yeah. me, anyways. Well, I ran twos and fours, and it's funny. My uh, track yeah. coach, he saw me in the fourth quarter. You know, uh, do a couple long. I was a running back as well, and uh, you know, he took me after that game, and he said, "Oh, you've got endurance in the fourth quarter. You're going to run 400 now." And I hated the 400, <laughs> so I ran some 400s. Oh, that's but, a miserable race. Yeah, <laughs> it really it, is. It's enjoyable. So, like, you got into running, you know, obviously, like a lot of people do, to lose a little bit of weight and, you know, get a little bit fitter and stuff like that. Got into a few marathons. Um, What the heck made you, like, want to do a half Ironman? Or get into triathlon, period. But half Ironman, going from zero to half is, you know, it's it's common. It's a lot more common than, you know, as coaches, we know it's common, but... For the person who might be listening who is considering doing a half and has no triathlon experience, like what was the light bulb that that made you want to do it? So it was kind of a natural progression, I guess. Uh, You know, as I ran and I was doing, you know, I wasn't coached at this point in time Mm and uh, just just was running on my own, had a a schedule off the internet I printed out and, you know, had some cross training on it. So found a, you know, a bike from Craigslist, uh, got my cousin's help. He, uh, you know, uh, accomplished cyclist and he found me a good bike on Craigslist. I think I spent like $600 on it. Um, and that was probably a sticker shock too. Yeah, absolutely. You (laughs) know, I didn't want to spend a lot of money and, you know, I was, so that was at the top of my budget that I thought I would be spending, but, you know, ended up getting a, a solid bike and, uh, riding that around the neighborhood a couple days a week to to cross train uh supplement with my running Mm -hmm. and uh then of course the big big race came to town the uh ironman was announced first year or half ironman here in memphis uh 2020 so that was the deal and of course need to figure out how to swim and need to figure out what i was doing so, so did you go in with to it with like full full faith? Like I know I can do this. It's just a matter of putting the pieces together. Or was there like some doubt in your mind? Like this this is something I may not be able to to actually complete. Well, I think that it was. You know, I'm I'm a very goal oriented person. So I think if I get a goal and and I make the right incremental steps mm-hmm. with consistency, that that I'll be able to make it. So I don't think uh, personally there was any doubt in my mind. I knew there was a lot I had to learn. And, you know, so, and that's part of the thing that attracts me to, you know, triathlon to really any new endeavor in life that I take, uh, is the learning process. So I I really enjoy that. And, uh, this was a big one started, uh, research, researching on the internet, uh, you know, different things, training plans. And that's when I stumbled upon uh, BPC and, uh, you know, kind of went through the podcast library at the time and, uh, you know, said, these guys really know what they're doing and uh you it's know can help fake. Man. so um, uh, but yeah it's helped out and got got became a member of the squad mm-hmm. and uh that's just been huge for me yeah so um but prior to joining the training group what like what was your like typical training week you know not considering like when you were training for a marathon but what were you doing prior to that even even putting in a little bit of cycling like what was a normal training week for you so normal training week was uh long run on the weekends 
typically. Yeah. Uh, I think I do long run on Saturdays. I do Sundays off. Um, then three runs during the week as well, and a couple days cycling. And you know, it was not a ton of cycling. Uh, you know, maybe maybe an hour ride or, or a couple hour rides peppered in just, just around the neighborhood. I had a good course and, mm-hmm. you know, was on Strava and, and tried to, oh, you know, it's legit if you're kill for some of those king of the hills and oh, things yeah. like king of the mountains. So, you know. So when, so when taking, going into triathlon, was there, uh, was there some hesitancy based on going from maybe a workout a day to doing, to knowing that you're probably going to have to do multiple workouts a day to make this happen well that was that was huge and i just had to adjust my schedule uh really is figuring out where i could fit it in uh because i didn't want to uh sacrifice family time uh work time you know it's it's hard to sacrifice that but uh just learning how i could fit it into my schedule and the best best way for me personally was get up early so I'd nail uh, early riser athlete, yeah. right? One of our podcasts we did, yeah, yep, no, and sure. and that's huge. Uh, you know, get up early. I'd nail sometimes one, sometimes two workouts uh, in the morning. You know, okay. do a strength or a run and strength or yep. something like that. But at least get one workout every morning, and then also you know lunchtime. Uh, hop over to the pool at a lunch break, yep. get in a session and, uh, and, you know, kind of fit that in or if, if not on my way home from work. So then when I'm home, I'm home. Uh, and you know, by the time the kids get up in the morning, getting ready for school, I'm back and, and ready yeah. to go. Mm-hmm. So how, how hard was that transition to like getting up early and knocking it out? So I'm naturally an early riser. Maybe not that early, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's my kind of guy. I was anywhere. But. Yeah, so it, it's huge. Just a lot of the things y'all touched on the early riser uh, yeah. podcast is getting your stuff ready right there, Put sitting it by the out. door. And you know, there's a lot of mornings nobody wants to get up. Bed warm, like this morning. You know, it was cold, rainy. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to get up. Um, but you know, you just got to kind of get the discipline to do it and. Uh, once you get out and once you get back, you know, you're happy you did. Uh, I always, you know, I've never regretted getting out there. So, yeah. So I was going to say, when, when you uh, decided you were going to do the, the half iron uh, and you signed up for it, what was the, the time? Did you start training for that before you ended up coming, coming over to us? Or like, what was your initial, that, that initial few weeks, months? Right. You know, what, so what did that in, look like? I was in pretty good shape at the time, uh, coming off marathon season and, you know, really into, uh, December of 19, uh, early 2020. So, you know, I was in good shape. I had uh, decent bike fitness, you know, I didn't know what bike fitness was at the time really, but, um, then, you know, just trying to figure out what I need to do, trying to learn how to swim. Uh, when when did you sign up? Do you remember for the, for the uh, half? for the half well so 2020 uh i hadn't quite signed up yet okay. and i i injured myself i gotcha. uh, okay i ruptured my achilles so oh, that was a minor out. little injury yeah that was a, a huge one i was out for about uh nine months in 2020 but uh you know like i always didn't told matter me, anyways yeah uh, <laughs> if there's a year to get injured, lucky that was Gosh. it because all the races were canceled so. so tell everyone how you got injured so playing basketball um <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny, but right. it's it's funny to me because we hear this we hear the story over and over and over. You know, endurance athlete goes to play some other sport that requires lateral movement yep. and or starting and stopping quite a bit and 
ends up with a knee or an Achilles or something. Ankles like that. Yeah. or, yeah, we've seen it a lot, yeah. unfortunately, but we've seen it a lot. In yeah. hindsight, it was really the perfect storm. Uh, I had I had done a, a couple hour trainer ride earlier that morning. Calves were nice and tight. Uh, uh, of course, get out there. It's practicing for a, you know, a youth versus adult church uh, uh-huh. game we were going to play the next night. And, you know, I get competitive uh, out there uh, and, you know, kind of going a little bit too hard and, so uh, it he popped. had his he had his jock jams on. Yeah, was, uh, exactly. getting all, getting all pumped had up. Had the headband. Watched the nineties yep. uh, reruns of Jordan uh, and the Bulls. <laughs> He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so like jump like when you're like getting into you know, let's let's jump to swimming because that is really uh, most people's big limiter or big you know hesitancy in getting into triathlon period, let alone swimming one point two right. miles. Um, so you kind of said you did the typical, like watch some YouTube, uh, you know, get in by yourself and try it. So, um, what, like, what helped you the most at first with in the pool or in the water? So, yeah, just kind of my background. I didn't have any experience. I mean, I was always comfortable in the water. I grew up around water. You know, if somebody asked me if I could swim, oh, yeah, I can swim great. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a good swimmer. I, uh, you know, strong I'm not going to drown. Yeah, I'm a I strong could... swimmer. But, you know, I, that wasn't the case. You know, uh, yeah. my swimming consisted of, you know, kind of floating around, going off slides, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Pleasure yeah. swimming. Tube and a beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, the best of them. Got into the got into the pool, and uh, at first, uh, a lot of what helped was a lot of the drills that that we do. Uh, you know, just some of the simple technique. Uh, it's a very technical uh, yeah. sport, and you know, it's it's like small changes in in technique can mean a lot as far as speed and. For sure. Yeah. Um, but at first, it was like getting twenty five meters. Yeah. Uh, with the front crawl, you know, not stopping was cool. Then, then it progressed to 50 and 75 and 100. And, you know, the breathing was key, learning how to yep. breathe. Um, number one. Yeah, that, that was big. What's so, like the, uh, for someone listening who's a, who's a total beginner, what was like the, the big tip you would have as far as breathing is concerned? Is there something that like pops out that you so, cue yourself on with that? Yeah, or so if you're beginning, you what helped me a lot is I obviously had a kind of a false start after the injury and, and I was able to restart again. So before the injury, I was getting kind of confident in the pool uh-huh. a, a little bit and, uh, you know, was just breathing out my right side. And then when I got back in the pool and it was kind of after, you know, six, seven, eight months when I was clear to get back in the pool, um, I decided I'm going to learn how to breathe bilaterally. Okay. And so that helped yep. to be able to breathe from both sides. And, you know, as I progressed to open water swimming, which was another huge obstacle personally for myself, um, that helped a lot is breathing out of both sides. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So when we're, you know, talking about the technical side of swimming, we, and a lot of our, like in the beginner group, we do a lot of te- like all of the beginning swimming is technique. And there's like, there's, you know, there's a little bit of like straight swimming just to get people because it's, it, I mean, you can contest it or test testify to this, but, um, it's very hard to work on technique if you can barely make it across the yeah. pool. Like yeah, if you're worried about getting across the pool or you can barely breathe. Like yeah. you're worried more about your oxygen intake than anything else. It's mm-hmm. very hard to learn technique. So, um, we do, we'll do some straight swimming like with a snorkel or something like that and build some endurance first, at least in the muscles. And then it seems that the breathing comes a little bit easier once you have a little bit of stroke technique. 
um, and some endurance where you're not so worried about just making it across the yeah, you're pool. You're not maxed out by the time you get across the yeah, pool. Yeah, exactly. To, yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of the, the initial workouts are just technique, technique, technique. And, uh, I think the mistake a lot of beginners make when they do a technique workout is they see like, you know, and we do it, we're guilty of it a little bit is putting a lot of pointers on one workout. Mm-hmm. But I, we, always say like pick one per length or per lap or whatever pick one thing and focus on that one thing for that lap and when you don't move to the next one until you feel as though you're fairly comfortable with that one thing because it's so easy to get overwhelmed with all of the technical aspects of swimming yeah, it's almost like a golf swing, right? Where it's like there's just so many things that are happening all at one time, and it's right. so interconnected that when one thing goes goes off, or if you're trying yeah. to think about the 15 different things every time you're completing a, a cycle, I mean, that's a it can totally get in your own head. And I always, I I do tell people like if you have somebody that you trust that knows triathlon swimming, go and get like your technique looked at. I mean, that does help. But we've basically spent. 13 years learning how to teach people to swim without even seeing them swim, you know, and we've kind of refined this over and over and over and over, um, you know, just to get people comfortable doing laps and having some semblance of efficiency when we can't be on the pool deck with them. We can't see them in the water. Occasionally we'll get people to film themselves and send it to us and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just been a process over the years on, okay, this worked, this didn't work. That's too much for somebody to think about. Let's, you know, refine these workouts. And now we have a pretty good, uh, we've had, I don't know. I mean, this past year, I would say out of the 23 people we had start the half Ironman at when they started, maybe not with us, but initially they couldn't clear a pool. They couldn't get across the pool without being totally smoked. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, when you're trying to think about people like that, you have to uh, first get them comfortable putting their face in the water, that sort of thing, you know, and it's just a little, slow progression. just a slow progression of drills and, you know, they start to get some confidence, get some endurance, you know, and I'm not trying to beat the dead horse here, but I mean, this is most people's like reason why they don't want to try triathlon mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be like that scary. What was that? progression for you obviously you started where you were comfortable in the water but that was there a certain time frame where you would say man it was the first two months where it was like nothing was feeling right well it's looking back on it it was pretty uh fast the progression but you know in the moment i think it was like oh i'll never be able to you know hit 50 straight or 75 straight or 100 straight but you know slowly with uh like dale said dissecting that stroke is you know into the small parts and and focusing on that technique and then getting the breathing down. That was the hugest thing is, is feeling like I had enough oxygen and, and some of that might've been pool fitness and, uh, getting, getting the stroke down. But, you know, then slowly I could, you know, do a hundred and 200. And, and after that point, you know, it's just, a I think an endurance thing at that point in time. You yeah. Just, just yeah. Do. Yeah. Once you have some semblance of, um, you know, uh, technique and efficiency, the rest is just building muscular endurance and mm-hmm. you know so i mean that's you know like i said we we stayed on the this swims part of it for a while because i i want people to know that you know 
you you can do it. You can jump in the water having no experience. Just give yourself enough time. You know, that's the big thing is I think people like they're so like the the demographic that jumps into triathlon usually is competitive, you know, a lot of times maybe have done sports as a kid. They think they can they're they're confident in themselves. Um but I think a lot of people make a mistake to wait too long to learn how to swim if they can't. And then they rush into swimming distance and it's, they never learn any technique. And they're just, I mean, I've seen people do Tarzan swim for 1.2 miles, yeah. you know, and it ends up being head above water, float on your back, head above water, float on your, I mean, and, and they barely make the cutoff, yeah. you know, and then they're fighting the time cut for the rest of the race, mm-hmm. you know? Well, another component I wanted to mention that was a, that was a struggle for me as well uh, with, with regard to the swim was open water swimming. Yeah. So that was a, by the time I actually got into some open water. How long uh, was that? It was probably, you, you know, I guess the Buffalo Bill triathlon I did. Okay. So and then kind of also, I think I got, there was maybe an opportunity or two before that. Yeah. Uh, that Shelby Farms had the open water swimming program open. Yeah. So, but that's a whole different ball game. You know, mm-hmm. I, I jumped in the lake thinking, you know, I can swim, you know, a thousand meters straight uh, in a pool and, you know, no problem. This is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a whole different ball game. You know, you don't have, you have zero visibility, if any, in front of you. And there's a little, I, I experienced a little bit of open water panic. Uh, you, you wouldn't think you would. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of counterintuitive, but it takes some repetition getting in that open water to be able to uh i guess you have a safety net when you have the the pool deck right there oh, uh yeah. so it, it took me probably you know at least four five six uh sessions in open water to really feel comfortable and to be able to swim yeah gotcha. we've talked we talked about this a, a lot on maybe a uh one of the previous episodes about how like we had the we had the pre-swim like four weeks five weeks yeah, out yeah. from the half and we had people coming to the pre-swim who had yet to get in the open water. Mm-hmm. And they were there to swim 1.2 miles in the open water. And I don't know how many people bailed on it right. or whatever, but um, if you don't, if you have any opportunity to get in the open water prior to yeah. any race day, even if you're starting with a sprint, working your way up to an Olympic, which mm-hmm. is something that we, we do in the group, uh, get in open water first. You don't want your first experience in the open water to be that race day because there's, you know, there can be upwards of 2000 people Mm -hmm. in the water at the same time with you. Well, that's the same reason we don't want people to choose their big giant goal race to be the first race they ever do. Precisely. Like when you have a train, like a training race almost, you know, where you, where the pressure isn't quite there, there's still going to be nerves. Well, that was a huge part of the the program that that we went through last year was getting in some of these pre-race swims in open water, Mm -hmm. uh, getting in some, you know, three or four uh, triathlons before my A race, before this 70.3, because yeah, I did have some issues in some and you learn a lot every time you go around. Exactly. That was big for me. Yeah. The first go through being the big, the big day. Right. Especially something like an Ironman event too. Like how did that compare going from a little smaller, more local triathlon um, as your first experience and then going to, you know, the big Ironman 70.3, like just, 
just the the whole scope right. of it was it was there more nerves on race day were you pretty calm cool and collected or? well you know i think anytime i race anytime i think anybody races there's there's some nerves involved yeah. in it and especially with triathlon is is somebody who's brand new to the sport and there's a lot of moving parts that could go wrong uh so there there were some additional nerves but mm-hmm. having those those multiple races before the the big show to so yeah. to speak the ironman uh was really good and mm-hmm. you know learning my uh my ritual before the race learning what i do in transition things such as that but yeah. to your question uh you know the local races were great uh you know you have the the team members that you've trained with and that you've been on social media with and and of course uh, y'all there and so you know you feel a little bit better uh you don't feel as much of an outsider mm-hmm. and you know everybody in the community is great yeah. uh as far as helping out um so sure you know, that, that helped a lot, but the size and scope of the Ironman branded event was huge. I mean, it, it's like, you know, you feel like you're in the Super Bowl. It's yeah, like, exactly. You right. got pop-up things They everywhere. put on show, that's for so sure. So it, it was neat, you know, as, as a goal race at the end of the year, it was, you know, an opportunity to kind of celebrate. Yeah. Did you, did you go into that feeling more nervous or no? I was pretty calm and, and a big part of it was, you know, at that point in time, the, the swim was my big, you know, that, that's the X factor, I think, yeah. just because, um, you know, I'm not going to die on the bike or running, I don't think, you know. Yeah, um, if you stop, you don't drown. Right, I'll yeah. be okay. Yeah. So Although it was borderline at this, uh, <laughs> with all the rain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, at that point, I had already done the pre-race swim, which oh, was God. the course. You know, I'd finished a open water mile, 1.2 miles. And I'd also done an Olympic uh, swim, which, uh, you know, is really close to the iron distance or the half iron distance swim. Yeah. So yeah. at that point, I was like, if I got this Olympic, I can do the half yeah. iron. So. Was that the big confidence boost there then? That was. Okay. And, you know, at that point in time, I had uh, developed confidence in the water, open water. Yeah. And, you know, it was just a part of. But it can be, you know, to Dale's point, uh, it can be a little unnerving when you got, you know, five, six, seven people around. You're getting, mm-hmm. you know, hitting the head a little bit. And, yeah. you know, there's not much of that. But, you know, yeah, around some buoys, you got to be careful. Got to yeah. protect yourself. Yeah, the, the course always gets bunched up at the turns. Uh, it's, it's just every race you're going to do. I mean, unless you're first or last uh you're gonna get some traffic uh that sort of thing is that a ricky bobby quote what whether you're first or last <laughs> yeah i should have said it in the accent you should have uh so we talk a lot about swimming you know um you said that when you kind of started out you were using cycling as cross training um because you, you had an entry into the sport that's pretty common so talk about that just briefly. I don't think okay. we've really touched on that. Yeah, yet. so, you know, started running for fitness and really just, you know, a, a mental stress reliever and, uh, you know, get get some competitive, you know, there's something I was missing there in my sure. life, I think, with the competitive outlet. Um, and, you know, cross-training, like we talked, getting the bike involved. And, uh, you know, so I think the, the next natural step, you know, was a, as I like to learn and progress myself. Yeah. Uh, you know, was, hey, let, let's try a triathlon. Because you'd gone up to marathon? Yeah, I'd done a marathon, running? yeah. So okay. I'd done, at that point, I'd done a couple marathons. Okay. So, and uh, typically what we we see a lot, like in the cycling world, would be people are runners, and then maybe they either get burnt out from running or they get hurt running. Yeah. Typically is <laughs> right. like the transition yeah. that, that I get a lot, you know, as, as more of a cycling coach, yeah. is running tends to be a, a gateway to either triathlon or a gateway to cycling, sure. Um, so a pretty common thing to. Well, and that was that was the cool part about cycling is, uh, 
you know, I could see some results and mm-hmm. some progression pretty quickly with, uh, with working on technique through the hot program and working on, uh, you know, just fitness and, yeah. and building that, you know, I could see, you know, throughout the progress of a year, I was, I was getting faster and I was, and it's a lower impact deal than running. So, yeah. you know, it's, I enjoyed the variety in training. It wasn't just, you know, running every day. It was yeah. running with some, um, and I don't, I wouldn't say running is my least favorite right now, but you know, it's like, I enjoy the pool workouts and I enjoy the, the cycling. And so it's, it's neat to and have that. And that's probably difference. a testament to the fact that you like to challenge yourself and learn new things, right? Right. So like that, that is something new. It's something fresh. It's something that you're seeing more, more progress. And that, that's a cool part about it too, is, you know, I'll look at my race results on a, on a triathlon or I'll look at, you know, my times from a workout and I'm like, well, they might not be great, mm-hmm. but I got a lot of room to improve here. I know I can do this. You yeah. know, I know I can improve. Mm-hmm. It's not like where I'm trying to shave, you know, seconds off. You know, I, yeah. I, can, I have some big chunks. I, can I mean, the, at the same time, you know, you do, we tell this people this all the time is you, you have room to improve, but you also look how far you've come like yeah. over the last couple of years. Right. I mean, it's come a long way, you know, and with cycling, like <laughs> we both know that cycling is the easiest of the three to make competitive at all times. Uh, oh yeah. You know, you can, you can show up to a group ride and it's <laughs> on. It's a race. Group race. Yeah. I yeah, mean, we haven't talked about group ride uh, IQ yet before, have we? We're not going to get into it now, <laughs> no. but so that'd be a we'll, sad, we'll share that. Sometime. That'd be a right turn. <laughs> but as you, as we kind of went through the training for this, like, were there any like big challenges on the cycling side of things that you had to kind of overcome? Yeah, there. Well, you know, the the big one, the the blaring one, is I had a couple mechanical issues uh, in in a race. You know, so that was um, I uh, broke a spoke in a. Uh, in the Olympic in the Memphis in May in okay, August. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I took a DNF there and, you know, I was pretty dejected after that deal. Yeah. And, um, but you know, the cool thing about that was the next day we had the sprint and yeah. I could kind of get back on. Yeah. I was able to get my wheel fixed and, uh, you know, was able to accomplish a, a triathlon finish there. So that was cool. But, uh, with regards to other challenges, just, you know, I mean, obviously with the workouts, like the long workouts, long bike days, yeah. they are a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to get some, uh, some grace from your spouse and your children yeah. with, point. Yeah. with getting those in on, on a Saturday morning, you know, again, yeah. get up really early. You might still get back home around lunch or whenever, but, yeah. um, you know, so that, that was, that's a challenge like anything, just working that into the schedule. Now, how much, how would you, how would you say your split was kind of focused on the bike here? Did you do mostly solo bike stuff or were you mixing in with group rides or how did that? Well, it, the, the cool part about, you know, the squad and the program that we had was, you know, there was a lot of other people that were on the same training program. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there were several times where we'd get some group rides together on our longer days. Yeah. So I was about 50, 50 on long days. Gotcha. Um, just kind of what I could fit into schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause obviously making it to a group ride, that's a, you know, it's not just the training hours that, that take up time. It's getting ready for yep. training, you know, driving to the pool, uh, getting your gear ready, all that stuff. So it's not just that, you know, you might look at a training week and say, oh, I got, you know, 10 hours of training. But in reality, that might be 12, 15 hours yeah. by the time you're getting everything you got to dedicate. Yeah. So I do think that's a, I think it's a really good point because there's a lot like um, when people are figuring up their week, they're like, they tell us a lot, oh, I can get in, uh, you know, two hours 
on a in a weekday and then i have to you have to ask them okay is that two hours of actual training or is that two hours for you to be all in like changed yeah done getting my showered gear. yeah <laughs> like i gotta be out the door in two hours type of thing yeah. versus you know you really legitimately have two two hours is that's a lot of time to work with but if it's really like 90 minutes it's a, a little bit different story um so yeah i mean i think when you're considering taking on something like this definitely be extremely realistic yeah. about how much time you have and so when we structure the plan, and I don't know, and this is something I wanted to ask you, um, we structure the plan to where there's, it's it's kind of, uh, I'll say modular, but we have uh, upwards of 11 sessions a week, and we've marked six of them as priority. And so our take on it is if you do all six of this of the priority sessions a week, you're going to make it to the finish line. Mm -hmm. And if you can end up getting, you know, more than six upwards of all 11, you're going to, you're going to be great. So like, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, just for the people who are like, I don't think I really have time to do something like this. You know, like how consistent would you say you were as far as like hours per week? Like what was your average, I guess, sessions per week and then total hours, if you can remember. So, they, you know, obviously it was, uh, the training was period, periodized. I don't know what the word is. Periodized. Yep. Yeah. There you go. There we go. So, um, you know, some weeks were longer than others, but you know, I did. And some weeks, you know, you go on family vacation and, you yeah. know, I took my bike with me to my dad's house in, in Texas and, you know, was able to get some, some rides and runs in, but didn't hit the swims. Yeah. Um, and so, but for the most part, there were some weeks that were rocky because of vacation or whatnot. But for the most part, I tried to stay pretty consistent. I mean, on Training Peaks, which is the program that we use, you know, there's a little green circle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I really wanted that circle to be all green. And, and sometimes what I had to do was move a Monday workout to Wednesday or, you know, just make it fit within, within yep. my life. Um, but I, I tried to hit most of them. So I felt good. And, you know, it kind of at the end of the year at the uh, half Ironman, you know, I obviously goal 1A was to finish and, and I did and, you know, had, had another time goal and kind of hit that right on the head, too. So, you know, I felt good with with my year as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I guess if that answers your question. Yeah, it's just, you know, um, I just try to give uh, maybe somebody who's listening that, again, says, thinking to themselves and there's no way i could do 11 different trainings you know two a day during the week you know eight and then there's nine, probably ten. a lot of cyclists right now who are used to doing four to five sessions a week They're right like, yeah and running the same way like yeah. runners end up doing three to six sessions mm -hmm. a week right. you know um something like that but in triathlon it's, we're, we're splitting time in three sports and it'd be really good if we got some strength training in right so wait what's that well, yeah, exactly. And, and fortunately, you know, I think that's what falls by the wayside a lot of times. Yeah. But yeah. I think 2021, uh, yeah, last year, you know, we, I had some life circumstances with kids at home instead of at school oh, and yeah. everything else. So my mornings kind of freed up. So I was able to get on some of the live uh, hop strength sessions yeah. with, with Heather. And, uh, you know, that helped a lot. You know, I, I think that the strength alone you know, they, they are some priority workouts. You can't just let that yeah. go by the wayside. You heard side. it from Jay. Yeah. <laughs> you should do your strength work. One, one more. Shock of another one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, 
did you, do you think it was fairly, did you find it challenging to move the sessions around when it didn't work for your schedule, personal schedule, or did you just hone in on the priority sessions or did you like have a strategy or were there, was it just like, I'm just going to make it work. I'm just going to, I'm just going to make it work, uh, no matter what. You know, trying to think back, I, uh, you know, there were some you just had to miss. Just no, it wasn't yeah. going to fit in the schedule for whatever reason. But, yeah, tried to hit the priority stuff um, and tried to move it around as much as possible. You know, I don't think I took I, – I always took a rest day, I believe. I don't think mm. I kind of moved something on to my Monday rest day yeah. much. Um, you know, that was kind of important. And, and even the even the rest week, you know, the kind of uh, adaptation weeks that yeah. we do were huge. Um but yeah, I mean, there there were weeks, you know, there'd be weeks where I didn't hit it all, and you know, just try to hit the priority. Yeah, for sure. I think you know, um, you know, getting into like to put context to the priority workouts, um, the ones that we basically earmarked for priority were obviously the long days, the long weekend stuff. You, if you're gonna do a <laughs> long course event, you can't fake. Yeah, the five, endurance six seven hours out there during the race yeah you can't fake that mm-hmm. um so that was always the bike long bike long run they're always priority and then usually the other priority workouts you know long swim too but long uh was the like s- some sort of quality mm-hmm. so either like a tempo day or a hill day or or you know whatever something like that mm-hmm. other than just the extra volume we were putting in you know if you went and did the because generally, if you're putting in those those quality days, the workload in the quality days is usually higher than even just doing going out and doing an easy hour run, mm-hmm. you know. So if there's some if there's some work in there, we made those priorities. So you essentially had, you know, most of the time it was long bike, long run, a quality bike, quality run, long swim because you can't fake the long stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of varied it between the other swim and strength work yep. and just making sure that, you know, everyone was getting in a little bit of strength work is, or as much as we could put throw in there um, with as much swimming as we could throw at them. You know, yep. it's, I think, you know, in a, in a, in a program like this where we're really trying to keep it very reasonable um, on yeah, for folks that are new new to the sport, it can be overwhelming. So just yeah. keeping someone consistent and not getting to them to that point where it's like, if I don't hit all eleven, I'm not going to succeed mentally. That can right. be a huge drain. So yeah. did you find having those options like where it was like, uh, it sounds like you were pretty driven and were able to hit, <laughs> hit yeah, most it, of it. So it, it was hard to, but you know, it wasn't overwhelming. Uh, if, if you just knock it out first thing in the morning, that, that's the huge thing. You've got it done. Don't have to worry about it. You've got at least one session done. And, uh, that, that was big for me is to get it knocked out. Yeah. I'd say that's the biggest tip for so many. And I'm, I've been having conversations just this week with some of uh, the people I'm coaching. It's like, if you're struggling to get it done, everyone, as soon as, as soon as the world wakes up, right. And the emails start coming in and the texts start coming in and like everyone's trying to pull time from everyone here. Everyone there's an emergency, your schedule has to change. Exactly. And then you've made all these decisions, your brain's been stressed and you get home at night and you got family, you've got kids, you've got other stuff that your odds of being consistent late at night really go down, down drastically. So I think your tip's huge. Like get up, 
knock it out, at least knock out one. Right. And if you miss the other, okay, you're a lot further ahead than you than you would have been by missing both, right? Right. So I know I know you had a running background, you know, just shift gears a little bit. We've talked about swim, we talked about bike. I know you had a running background, so this may not take very long. But um, were there any like major challenges you found in the running training now that you were both swimming and biking at the same time, and you weren't devoting all your time just to right. running? Well, I think, you know, that's a, that's an interesting question because, uh, unique to myself is I was coming off the Achilles injury. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, whereas before the Not injury, so unique altogether, yes. <laughs> but yes, there are probably many people that can relate, but yeah. keep going. So, you know, come, before the injury, I felt like I was in a really good place, uh, running mm-hmm. wise, uh, with fitness, with, I was happy with my speed. I was progressing, uh, you know, on a lot of my distance, uh, races, I was, I was getting some PRs and, uh, so I felt really good. And then obviously, you know, kind of the, the apple cart got turned upside down Mm -hmm. and uh you know had to readjust so you know i'm still you know i think some of the speed's still coming back i haven't got there i don't know if i'll ever get back there which which is fine um but uh i guess taking away some of the time because you're not running four or five days a week you know you're running you know a couple maybe three or uh, depending on what the the um training plan says so you know, I think you take less time. Um, and looking back on it, I mean, I've learned a lot of lessons from last year from one full season uh, training triathlon. Um, I think I'll take some of the workouts more seriously. Uh, not that I was kind of going through what? some of the some of the motions on it, but it's like, okay, well, if I just do this workout, you know, uh, I've checked a box uh, on it, but. Uh, just you know, coming into this year, it's like okay, let's let's really focus on the technique work running. Let's let's you know nail these workouts. Um, so you know, because I think you know with with putting with the the progress I can make on the swim and on the bike, mm-hmm. there's still some room to be uh, made to get back to my baseline on run as well. Sure, yeah, and uh, you know, the triathlon conundrum is now that we're splitting time. It does make it a little, if, especially when you come from a one sport background, it makes it difficult to uh, make the big improvements you want to see in each sport because you're splitting time. And yeah. so if we devote, you know, and sometimes we do this, we'll devote more time to one sport to see the bigger gain in that one sport. But as soon as we go back to sharing time between three, um, there's always a chance that that sport that we've just put time into, you know, the, the fitness will settle back out or, you know, just even back out. Um, so generally if you're going to spend time, the, the time you want to spend on one sport is technical in nature, because those are the things that are going to stick with you, uh, outside of the fitness, you know, boost your fitness. And then you take away time, (laughs) fitness is going to come back down. But like you said, if you spend the time working on the running technique, the swimming technique, the pedal stroke and all that stuff. That's the kind of stuff that sticks with you as soon as we get, you know, volume grows and we start to work more on quality stuff. Uh, so you got the right idea for sure. And it, and that's the kind of thing that's going to help you see improvements season over season versus oh. hitting that peak, having a great race, and then fitness goes down. Then we spend the next, you know, part of the season getting to another peak and then fitness goes down. 
you know, the technical side of things is huge. Well, that was a part of the attraction to the sport that, that I had after getting into it is, is that balancing act, you know, trying to, uh, you know, balance three sports and make progress progression in in all three of them, mm-hmm. as well as the nutrition side of it. Also, oh, yeah. you know, Fourth that's a, sport, that's another yeah. huge that's another huge component, especially you know, not only day to day nutrition, but you know, in race nutrition. And I felt like I made some progress last year, dialing that in a little bit better, even in even how how I did in my running uh, races. Where do you feel you have the biggest opportunity for growth going into this year? I think swim. Still, I think I've seen some some growth and and just you know putting all those components of technique together. Mm-hmm. If if I you know you, I can look at my times in the pool and I say oh you know that felt like a really good uh, good split and it, and it looked good because I put everything together. So you 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 know got with the plan, did the work, put three sports together. You know had some races before that. We showed up on race day knocked it out in some fairly crappy conditions. Uh, you know, so aside from, let's just, you know, obviously finishing the half Ironman is pretty much is a highlight, you know, it's a highlight of the season. Uh, yeah, for your first one. Yeah. It's a PR by just yeah. finishing is a <laughs> yeah. PR, right? Yeah. I mean, it feel, you know, I'll, I know it feels great to cross the finish line. It, it, for us, I get as much excitement out of seeing our athletes cross the finish line as doing it myself. Um, but are there any other, like, you have any other, like, major, like, fond memories of this previous season? Yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot of highlights. I mean, I, I kind of, I enjoy the, the process as much as I enjoy the, uh, the, you know, actually final results of like the A race, the the Ironman, uh, you know, it's, it's just good to kind of get out there, get some time, uh, alone and kind of get in your own head and, and work whatever you've got going out, uh, Mm -hmm. going on out, um, on the road. And, but you know, the training rides are great when we have, you know, a group, of you know, six or seven people doing, you know, doing some rides. We had a good course preview ride. I don't know how many people we had out there, but, uh, yeah, it was a fun one. you know, it's kind of the camaraderie of it. Um, I enjoyed meeting, uh, you know, a lot of good people, good new people that, um, you know, have, have become friends. And, uh, so, you know, there, there's some highlights, mm-hmm. um, definitely across the board. I think that's, really really key too we've talked about it before but having that extra level of accountability when you don't feel like it whether it's you've got a program you're following or some people hire a coach just because they want to have that person that's going to be looking at okay why didn't you hit your workout but having a a workout partner or a workout group or just a group that's also going having community who's exactly where it's like hey who, who hit the ride today how'd you feel or Hey, we're gonna go ride. Come join us. I mean, those those little things. Um, having someone else that's there to kind of keep you accountable on those days where motivation might be low happens to all of us. Like, I don't yeah. always feel like working out, um, but if you've got someone else that's gonna be there, or someone else is gonna meet you at the pool, or someone else that's doing the same plan as you, like, it's it's finding someone wherever you're at, and whoever's listening to this, find a person that's that's doing the same event yeah, as yeah. you find someone that wants to do runs with you or do rides with you or whatever workout you don't like doing, find someone that's doing it and you guys can help keep each other accountable. That was huge. Thing. You know, uh, not only, you know, the same workouts that the team was on, but you know, Strava, you kind of get your community there. And, uh, as well as like, you know, on the Facebook group, that was, that was huge to me as well, because, 
you have questions you don't know. I mean, one big component, big really barrier to entry, I think to me uh, at the beginning was all this gear. Oh, you know yeah. what? Mm-hmm. What do I have to get? What a, you know? What is this? Is this better than that? Uh, but really, on its on its most basic level, you know, you don't really need a lot. You need some goggles. You need a bike, and yep. you know, some running shoes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you know, there, there's a lot of extra stuff, and you know, I'm kind of a gear guy anyway. So oh, it's for kind sure. of cool to have. You know. Well, it kind of goes back to we talk about our five pillars of performance. We scrapped that from our intro because it's too long. <laughs> but that's part of it. Equipment. Choices, equipment selection yeah. is an important part of being your best, right. achieving your yeah. best time. Same with your training. Your training is obviously a big part of that. Your nutrition, which you already mentioned, big part of that. Your technique, big part of that. And if you're getting small gains, Dale was talking a lot about working technique because those gains are going to stay with you even if fitness falls down a little bit. Like small percentages in each one of those areas adds up to. To much bigger gains. Are you talking marginal gains? I'm talking marginal gains. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, kind of going back a little bit to the community side of things, um, you know, we tried to make make it to where it's it's not it's not a team that meets at every workout and all this stuff. Uh, you know, physically that's impossible for us to do, but we wanted to give everybody access to ask us anything and we i mean we have all kinds of questions that float through the through the group we had one last week just about somebody didn't know what to look for in a tri suit like and we covered that you know it's mm-hmm. um there's just so much it's easy to get overwhelmed on the front end oh, yeah. especially when you go to a, if you even have been to a triathlon and you see somebody walk in with a rocket ship bike and a backpack that looks like they're climbing everest and <laughs> like all this like you show up with your lowe's bucket yeah, or, Lowe's, or your Lowe's bucket. And, you know, it's easy to get overwhelmed. And that's why we we recorded an entire webinar on what you need, what you don't, mm-hmm. you know, you know, required, not highly recommended. Like yeah. we did a whole hour or something on, on that sort of thing. Yeah. So we're trying to make it easy as possible to, you know, take the learning curve and squash it and, you know, yeah, speed that smooth, whole thing up. Yeah. Smooth sailing into the sport and l- let you just focus on doing the work that's going to take you to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, what would your What would your advice be to someone who's maybe in the position you were in back in you know say twenty twenty, early twenty twenty, or late two thousand nineteen? Whenever you saw you know Memphis Ironman's coming, and you're like, wow, that that would be cool. Um, what would your your advice be to someone who is in your situation that maybe thinking like I don't know right. if I could or should commit to that i'm busy i'm working i've got a family i've got kids i've got like all these things you know what would your advice be to them well personally uh you know i don't know looking back if i could have done it alone Mm -hmm. uh it just so many unknowns with never getting into the sport and you know i didn't really have any you know close friends that that were in triathlon uh you know i had friends that ran with and things like that Mm -hmm. but uh but getting somebody that knows that that has experience and you know just personally getting on the the bpc team was was what kind of got me across the finish line i think i could have done it on my own but it would have been a lot harder i would have struggled um and it, it wouldn't have been been as easy so you know the the team for me uh, was was the big component that, that made it easy, made it fun. I mean, I enjoyed the heck out of that day, even though it was cold and rainy. <laughs> I mean, it was like, 
you know, it was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if anyone listening has, uh, you know, give us your best tip for somebody who's on the fence. Uh, you can put it in comments. You can email it to us, uh, whatever. But we we want to hear, you know, if you could if you could tell somebody who's on the fence about signing up for something like this. Yeah. You know, we'd like to hear hear what you have to say as well. Yeah, and put yourself back where you were when you were when you didn't know anything about the sport. We were talking about yeah. that before uh, we started. It's like as coaches, we've seen so many people, you know, like you who've gone from not doing triathlon to having a successful day to being two years down the road and having an even better event doing all different sorts of distances so we we know what people are capable of regardless of how busy they feel they are on yeah. the front end like we know people can get there we know humans are capable of doing really amazing things so it's like easy for us yeah. as coaches <laughs> to be like oh yeah like you can do it Dick, like, right. yeah it's well it's amazing you know going from january to to October, how much progression was mm -hmm. made. Now it, yep. it was made slowly yeah. and methodically, but you know, if you would have told me I would have, you know, in January where I would be in October, uh, you or you would have blown me away. So that that was a cool part of it. And the the other real key component was getting in some some races beforehand. I mean, that was the key. experience. Yeah, you know, I I knew what I was gonna do. I knew what I got in, was getting into. So that that was huge. Getting in, I think I did maybe four races beforehand, which mm -hmm. isn't a ton, but I mean, that's what gave me the confidence when you know all the lights were on and the big oh, yeah. Ironman uh, game was in town. That that you know it was it was easy. How was your excitement after doing an event? Because usually, well, I won't I won't answer this, but like. <laughs> After doing your first triathlon, you said, was your first one the one where you broke the spoke? Uh, no, Buffalo Bill. Was, okay. So, so was after that, were you more motivated to train? Like, was the excitement level even higher about the whole thing? I or think was I, it like, I was, oh, man. I was more motivated. Uh, you know, there was some, obviously, you know, saw room to improve mm -hmm. on everything. So looked back at it and said, oh, you know, this is what I got to train harder at. This is, you know, where, where I need to be. And so, yeah, I was, I was, I was jazzed up. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think you just the fact that you had the mechanical. Um, we we are huge uh, proponents of racing multiple times. Yeah. Like whenever someone has all their eggs in one basket, there's stuff that can happen. That I mean that that experience alone can take people out of the game. Yeah. Like, like you train so hard yeah. for something, you break a spoke. Right. Say you broke a spoke, you know, at the Ironman and yeah, it didn't finish been. it. So that's like I had one goal. That one yeah. goal did not get completed. And for some, it can be like fail, fail. Yeah, yeah. done. As aggravated as I was with the mechanical, you know, the cool thing is I could race the next day. Exactly. And you know, I kind of got right back up on that horse, so yeah. to speak. But yeah, I mean, it was it was devastating. Mm -hmm. uh, even just on that yeah. Olympic, yep. you know, that yeah. wasn't my A race. So. Yep. Yeah, folks, it's not it's not a pass fail. You, right. It's not. You, you've put the time in. That's what that's what matters. And it's learning and it's yeah. improving. There's always the more races, mm -hmm. like regardless of how much you spent on it. Uh, how much time you spent training for it, there are always more races. Yeah. So, you know, it's not... Yeah, looking just, back at it, I mean, I was happy it happened. And, uh, you know, I'm maybe not happy, but, you know, it, it was a learning experience, I guess. And mm -hmm. so looking back on it, yeah. But, I mean, if you would have told me that, you know, an hour after the race, I would have, oh, yeah. you know, probably had some... If you race enough, it'll happen again. Right. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for yeah. sure. And, but, you know, now you kind of know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had some... I've had some pretty, like I flatted out in a national championship race oh. half a mile from transition. 
Well, you know, riding the on, the, on the half, I, I, there were a lot of people with, with flats. Oh, and, for sure. You know, I was thinking, oh, man, you know, I'm glad that's not me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so, but you get one, you change the tire, and you keep, hopefully you keep going. So For Isn't sure. that like life? Like, <laughs> well, that's a good, good segue <laughs> into this. <laughs> Jay, man, we appreciate you, uh, you know, giving your time, come out and just talking with us. Uh, you know, we're, we're stoked you've had uh, some good experience with the group and also just happy to have you in the sport. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. Uh, and, you know, really excited to see what you can continue to do. Uh, any parting words, Funson? No, I, I let it all out there with the life. I was holding on to that one for uh, a while. <laughs> so we can't go any further with this. <laughs> we're done. Okay. <laughs> parting words? Um, no, just... Uh, Really, it, it's been a great experience, uh, you know, learning the sport and, you know, look, look forward to, to this year and what it can, it can hold. So and see awesome. What I can do. Awesome. All right, guys, we appreciate everyone Uh-oh, hanging out. We got to what? We got to wait. Where? Can they still sign up? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So the training group is open. Uh, the, the beginners, like right now we're looking for like well, everybody, but if you are uh, a, a true beginner, um, like Jay was at one point, um, now's the time to sign up. Um, we, we started the training a couple weeks ago, but it's very, uh, very slow progression. So you can basically, if you're a true beginner, let's say you could jump in, uh, easily within the next four to six weeks and be fine. So, uh, don't wait too long because the training will, it can get overwhelming if you just decide to jump in and like, Hey, for those coming, uh, we coming will be out of cutting off. We yeah. will be cutting off uh, newbies on coming into the group, um, just because it takes away from the rest of the group um, trying to get those people up to speed. So uh, there will be a cutoff probably in April. Um, but you know, if you have some triathlon experience or experience in the other sports, you know, you can jump in whatever. But again, if you this is your first time taking on a half iron, we recommend you get in early as possible. <laughs> Now to tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, no. yeah. Early as <laughs> possible. March, definitely. Because yeah. we know, and we were talking about, like, there's going to be beginners uh, who it's been cold, it's been wet, it's actually a very miserable day right now as we're looking outside, 33 and rain. There's people that aren't going to start thinking about triathlon until March when the time changes and starts warming up a little bit. So if that's you, then you're still good to join if you're yeah. listening to this in March. Uh, but and if you have today. questions, email us and let us know what you've been doing, mm-hmm. and one of our coaches will get back to you and say, "Yeah, come on," or or we'll be honest and say, "You know, it's just probably not the great fit for you." No. Um, you know, and if you, you're looking for a training partner, Jay says uh, he's got you. Just uh, message him. Four a.m. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, Jay. We appreciate you being on here. We sign up. Buildpeakandpeat.com/slash. I M M E M. Iron short for Iron Man Mem Memphis. Yeah. I M M E M. And we will put that in the comments. Yeah, that'll be in the notes and all in that. In the good show stuff. notes. In the where else do we do this? On the website. On the website. On the, the socials, the notes. Yes. It'll everywhere. It'll be everywhere. Everywhere. Just look for it. <laughs> Dale's actually gonna get tattooed on himself later. Yeah, I'm gonna have it right here so you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive, but it's worth it. It's not worth it. All right. We appreciate everyone hanging out, listening, watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Adios. Peace.